Welcome to Business and Investing with Grant and Charlie, where we are enhancing your complete set of skills to build wealth inside and outside your business. I feel as though I'm getting faster whilst I say this, Charlie. However, I do have a question for you. Stop listening to podcasts on two times speed. It's making you (laughs) just talk way faster. (laughs) You know what's funny? That is actually a problem. And I genuinely have been listening to podcasts at like one times speed. And I think as I listen to them, I'm walking slower as well. It's like everything around me is just becoming slower. (laughs) I'm like, no, what is that? Anyway, if you're listening to this and going, that's awesome. Grant, I want to consume some information. I want to slow down. I really want to be immersed in these things just as I am consuming podcasts. I got something for you. You can head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Subscribe to the newsletter. Put in your name and email and slowly read through the newsletter at your own pace. Or you could subscribe to our other podcast, Property Investing, and maybe listen to it on half speed. (laughs) Let's cue the disclaimer. It's Charlie here from Business and Investing, and I need to let you know that Grant, myself, and the Business and Investing team are in no way, shape, or form qualified to give you personal or specific financial advice. We strongly encourage you seek out and use professionals when you are making investment decisions or comparing investment products. All right, Grant, two people messaged me last week saying that our intro was the best they've ever heard from us on last week's episodes. I'm still waiting for a list of people who have like started a petition for me to stop doing the intro. I'll put it out there. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, guys, I'm, I'm over these ridiculous intros you guys do to get me to subscribe to your email list or view your other podcast, let us know by getting on the email list, replying to it, and I'll take it under advisement. But if you don't reply to the email, then we're not going to listen to it. I'll even, it's uh, charlie at businessandinvesting.com. You don't even have to get on the list. Just shoot me an email. This is, this is going to be the busiest day you've ever had of emails. It's trash. All right, let's get to the episode. All right, on to today's topic. I like this one, Grant. I think this is a necessary skill for every business owner to build, and that's the ability to get back up after taking a financial hit. You know, sometimes the things that you have learned by doing that you go, I wish I didn't have to do that to learn it. This is one of them, Charlie. This was... This was one of them. Can I put it into like, uh, I suppose I'll call it like a metaphor or an analogy. Like when you sign up to do something, it comes with pros and cons. It comes with upside and downside. Like one of the reasons in business that the rewards are so high is it comes with more risk. Mm -hmm. But you have to be able to deal with those risks. Now, if you choose to be a boxer, that comes with getting punched in the face. Like you have to accept that. Notably, there's some very good boxers out there that seem to avoid that very well. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, yeah, yeah, there is. Yeah, but you still have to be up for it, right? And they probably have taken some hits to the face, which is why they're so good at avoiding getting hit in the face now, right? Floyd Mayweather. I don't, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> All right, I'll learn to avoid it. C- completely. So when, when we come into business, I don't know a single business owner that's like worth their chops, like that's actually good, that hasn't taken some financial hits along the way. I certainly have. Before we get into what I think is going to be helpful, we'll share a little bit about some of our own experiences in taking financial hits and getting back up from a bit of a process. How many times have you taken a significant financial hit? So we were prepping for this episode and I was like thinking through it. Dude, there were like four that came to mind without me even thinking. And I'm just like, oh my gosh. And it was, I'm just like looking at this. I'm like, why do I keep repeating these mistakes? So, I'm going to say there's probably some Interesting. Others. You've got a repeat offender in there. Yeah, there were probably some others that I'm just like ignoring because the pain is too big. I'm, I'm going to call it five. I reckon there have been five. Not like very few of them have been like catastrophic to the point of like, oh, shit, but five big ones. What about you? You know when you have to stop and pause for this long because you're counting and it's past basic maths? <laughs> Is it, hang on, is it beyond one hand or two hands of counting? 
I guess we have to des- define significant financial hit. I think I've had at least one per year is when I've had a significant financial hit. Uh, and I don't know if that's like normal or to be expected. One thing I will say though is that they're all different. When I've taken a significant hit, it is something that I haven't repeated, which I'm kind of happy about because it would be very, very easy to do. I can't say the same thing about all parts of what I do. For example, like I've made some mistakes with hiring and then have flat out repeated it again and I had to kind of go back on it. But again, I think this is fairly common. Should we start ripping some Band-Aids off? Should we get under the hood? I'll get it before we do. As I was like listing this down, the, the one of the ones that I wanted to share, I'm like genuinely like starting to tear up and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is going to be painful, Charlie. So bear with me on this one. I'm going to try and open the wind. <laughs> Can I, I've, well, I'm jumping in first and I'm going on something. I want to hear your story. But one of the things I find most interesting about financial hits is the link to money, right? So when you uh, make a mistake in business, like let's say you're building a website and you go, all right, I made a mistake on this page. I'm going to have to redo this page. It's not necessarily connected to money. So it doesn't impact us in the same way. When someone makes a mistake in business or potentially in investing, and let's say they lose a significant amount of money, it brings up their money issues. It really does. And uh, for myself, I won't speak for others on this. I find when I take a significant financial thing, it really knifes me. Like the impact on a personal level and what it brings up for me is just so huge because money is more than money. I might be thinking it through the lens that that's my security, right? That's what keeps my family safe. So the emotional reaction to that really comes up much higher as well, which again, why I think this episode is so important. So Grant, let's go through one. Let's use an example and a bit of a process and then I'll do one. Tell me about when you've taken a financial hit and then tell me about the process you've taken or how you kind of got back up from that and recovered. All right. All right. So out of all of them, I've actually chosen to pick like the worst one uh, that I got here with. So well, we might all- as well make this a podcast and therapy, right? Two things at <laughs> once. I was going to say. Ah. All right. I'm going to preface it. This is the time that I had to ask the brand new girlfriend of like a couple of months to go and pay the rent. Like, that's the setup for each other. So essentially, at the time, I was building a software business. Um, through ended up throwing like six figures at this thing, and then all I did every Monday to Sunday, eighty hundred hour weeks was punch into this business to the point of neglect everywhere else, right? Like, and somehow I still had a new girlfriend at that time. So anyway, depleting my savings, wasn't earning money anywhere else basically and all i had done was just funnel this money funnel this money and then i started changing like to pay for little things on like credit cards and stuff like that and i i was kind of seeing the writing on the wall where i'm like this is not a good thing like bank accounts depleting i'll move to a credit card like you know those little symptoms that you're kind of at the time you're like okay this is this is not going to be good unless something changes until it got to the stage of me actually going to hazel one day (laughs) And uh, yeah, like I still, I still remember. I was sitting at the, this table that we ate food at, and it would like faced a wall. And so she was like sitting on like the couch or like bed or something like that off to the side. And I was like just facing this wall. I'm like, look, uh, I have to talk to you about something like real challenging. And I just could not look at her in the eyes. And uh, yeah, I just said like, hey, I don't think I can pay the rent for this month. Do you reckon that you can actually like pay the rent for us? Um, to which she's like then caught a glimpse of my eye, which she still to this day says it was like the only time she's actually ever seen me cry was this point because I was just that fucking depleted. I was that, yeah, I was just dirt. It was like tough. Okay, well, let's unpack this first. So the financial hit appears that you had undying belief in your company and that it would pay off at some point. And then, yes, it but then just pushing through. But then yeah. your cash was just being depleted. So you'd like wiped out your emergency fund, started putting money on credit cards, and then finally when couldn't pay the rent, you've had to turn to Hazel and say, was it Hazel or is this another girlfriend? No, it was Hazel. All right, good to know. I mean, it would have been. I would feel differently about this story if it was another girlfriend. I would be like, well played, man. (laughs) (laughs) But I got got a free rent out of it. (laughs) Maybe that's the move. Trust me, it's not the fucking move. Yeah, so... 
you've had to go to Hazel and then when you've kind of had this awareness piece kick in or when you realised you've had a problem, is, is was, it, was it embarrassment? Was it like, oh, I'm not looking after you? Was it what changed then? Yeah, so it, it was interesting. I did everything under the sun just to like stretch this out as far as I could just to not have this conversation. Um, and it was funny because upon reflection, it was actually easier to talk to her about it than it was to talk to like, people that I was in business with. <laughs> like that was actually the path of least resistance. Um, Do you know what I love though? That you had so much belief in the software business, right? Because you would have had writing on the wall everywhere saying, hey, my financial situation is not improving here. Like totally. I'm going more broke every month, I would suspect you were seeing things yes. or ignoring things, one or the other. So there were enough signs around like you start using a credit card, for example, here when you previously didn't have to, but belief was high. So I, I do love that about the story. But what's interesting here is like this is a, a slowmation train wreck, right? There were signs along the way. This wasn't a, like, oh, I got to work and like, you know, an earthquake happened in that day, which would be like sudden impact. This would be something where you've bled down and then the actual like finance part of this is actually the partner. It's totally. having to front up to Hazel where you've like, boom, wow, I have taken a financial hit here. Totally. Yeah, it was um, – it went from – it was probably about a year and a half, two years. Ooh, and slow like the, bleed. Yeah, and, the, and then the, the real bleed started happening like the, the final 12 months. And I knew – I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And so I was like trying to indicate, hey, let's go and raise money and stuff. And I'm like, no, 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 it's fine. Like we'll just keep doing the thing. And then we'll like – then we'll put it – because we hadn't put it in front of customer. And so I'm like, oh, we should probably put it. In front of someone that might pay, nah, that's fine. We'll wait. <laughs> and and the problem was, I was just like demolishing like my personal life at the time, and I was just and so then I was just like, oh my gosh. But yeah, so it was this full slow bleed, and then I'd like transition to like pay for things on the on the credit card, uh, just to try and keep liquid cash to pay rent and things that I had to pay cash for, <laughs> you know, those things. And uh, yeah, and until it got to the point of just like, hey, can you just go and pay this rent? And, just whilst I try and figure this out. I find it so interesting for the, a lot of business owners when they can hide the mess in business, they're okay. Totally. But when they have to front up at home and go, hey, I, I know I'm supposed to be providing for you, but I can't, as an example. And when yes. they have to sit in that like shame and guilt, and I say that from my perspective because I've had this as well, that's me. I'm not saying you did that as well, although I'm kind of, I suspect you weren't far off it. I. <laughs> uh, Pure shame and guilt. Uh, and funnily enough, like, I shouldn't say funnily enough, uh, she reminds me to this day, Charlie, of this conversation. <laughs> and do you know on. what I say to that? What? So she should. <laughs> Keep you on your toes, right? And I'll bet you haven't done it since. It's funny, we've never had a money problem since. <laughs> so, but yeah, so to that point, like, dude, um, and even like, it's funny, like, making some notes on, on this podcast episode. Uh, like just remembering it was there was like so many things that happened at the time that I was like just suppressed, suppressed, suppressed that talking to her because she saw it, she like brings up these things around like, do you actually remember that you just would not look at me and like that you were actually genuinely crying? I'm like, I wasn't fucking crying. And I'm like, oh, no, wait, I fucking was. <laughs> and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, did you ever feel like you should just leave me? And she's like, no. She's like, I knew you could do the thing. She's like, you just needed the time. Which is like it was the easiest thing for me to ever say yes to. And I'm like, oh, my God. Can I ask a different question? Do it. When you were in this moment, so let's just say, all right, financial hits happened. You've had to front up to Hazel, which I actually think would probably be the hardest part is fronting up to your partner. <laughs> totally. Did it confront your belief in yourself and what you were doing at that point? Like was it after that moment that it's like maybe I'm not the business owner I thought I was, maybe this thing will never pay off? Like did it create any doubt for you? Did totally. Totally. So we, um, it, it was funny. Like personally, I had these huge doubts whether or not the business was the right business. I had personal doubts in my per ability to actually be a business owner, even though previous to that, like it had been proven that I could run a business. <laughs> so like, I know I could do the thing, but it just filled myself with doubt. I'm like, maybe I just don't know how to create it. Maybe I don't know how to manage ma money. Manage money. Maybe I don't know how to. Yeah, work on the right things. Like it was just every single thing that I had just had pure doubt to it. And funnily enough, did I trash my entire life? So like I stopped going to the gym, I stopped meditating, I stopped sleeping, I stopped doing all these things. So like everything was just trashed. 
And so I'm like, well, maybe I just don't have the stamina. I don't have all this stuff. So like literally everything into the life was just like, and you can't do the thing. Um, And that was one of the hardest things for me to get through. So this is where, again, to what I was referencing earlier, see how the financial thing has actually turned now into a confidence thing? Yeah. Like, because we're using money as the grading system in business. So when we take a financial hit, if that's why we're in business or what we're looking at as our scoreboard, when we don't have a win financially, we then will the confidence in ourselves drops, which is where this gets dangerous in my mind. Because if you lose your confidence, right, and suddenly you're not confident in your business, your product, what's the chances of you running a business well at this point? Totally. Let alone getting back into it. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, you are here today and you, <laughs> to my knowledge, are still a business owner. You're not employed anywhere I don't know no, about? No, <laughs> not at all. How did you get back up? It, it was interesting. It was like this. So, biggest thing that I resisted, which was probably step number one, was actually admitting that there was a problem. So, it's like you seen the, see the signs on the wall, see the signs, like the symptom, 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 and you're like, something's wrong. Ah, she's fine. I'll just get to it. Like, see, I find this so interesting for you because in your example of taking a financial hit, it was a really drawn-out process. Hugely so. Where in other environments, which I'll share the story I have, I, I basically had like a singular bad day. Something didn't go as planned. It was an instant financial hit. Yep. So you've had opportunity to address this along the way where I will more have to share one where the identification of the problem and admitting it a problem, less of an issue. It was, it was evident. such a big punch in the face. Yeah. Oh, so Absolutely. Add a kick to the balls at the same time, but we'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was the first thing was like actually go, no, 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 there's a problem. And then assessing how big the problem is. Right. So previously I'm like, oh, I got credit cards. I got random money in like another account. I'm like, this is fine, Charlie. No worries at all. It's just a moment of time. Uh, so then I assessed the damage and, and the pain. I'm like, okay, cool. Like I know I'm going to need to put more money into this business. I'm like, I know that I still need to live and I'm not pulling a wage from anywhere. Uh, pretty shitty situation. <laughs> so then I roughly knew the situation. Um, and then from there, like the, the next one, which is what we're talking about, was like step number three of actually going and realizing that I can't just do this alone, right? Like even if I didn't have Hazel at that time, it was like, well, like who's the person that I can talk to, whether it's professional help, whether it's a mentor, whether it's a friend or it's someone like where it's just like a – kind of like walk into this no judgment zone of just like this is what it is. It's so hard that bit. But the tendency is to hide. It's because it can be embarrassing to share or there's like shame and guilt. Like I look at this one many times and have hidden problems because I didn't want to necessarily have people, you know, see the mess. Even now, right, it's like the camera's face this way. Do you really want to see what's on the other side of this wall? Maybe we're hiding the mess. (laughs) I'm not, but I could be. Maybe. You can guess. to, to that point, like I always think like I'm, I'm a big – well, I feel like I'm a cat. You know how cats like hide when they're sick and when they're injured and stuff until like you're like, oh, you, I didn't realize that you broke a foot. Like this thing has just been on a broken foot for months. Um, like I think that's where a lot of business owners lean towards, especially because their partners or otherwise or even friends go, oh, you're doing the thing that I want or like this is a good dream. So anyway, so I'm like, cool, I can't do this thing alone. Like I can't do it to this girl that I try and want to spend the rest of my life with. Um, so had the conversation with Hazel and she was to her credit, which is why she's now my wife. Um, like she's like, yeah, we're in this together. Like let's punch through this thing. Um, and with her, she, we basically put together a plan of like, well, how are we going to actually approach the thing? Which is like step four is like actually just go and figure out how you're going to solve it. So assess like the, the situation. So for us, it was cool. I can decrease the hours at the startup, go and mentor people and coach people on how to do business, which was tough for me because I kind of felt like a fraud at that time. Because <laughs> it's like, well, how do you do that? Um, another one was I had to go and admit it to my business partners. They're like, I'm like, fuck, I'm in a pretty tough situation here. Um, and then just had to sort of reassess any other areas that I could pull in revenue from personally. And so that was like the plan. And then, yeah, it was step number five was go and execute the darn thing. So go and have that shit. Dude, I still remember the calls with my business partners. It was terrible calls of me actually just saying like, hey, guys, I'm going to have to decrease the hours so I can go and mentor people and coach people and stuff. Um, and they were very actually very supportive of it. They're like, dude, you should have told us like months ago. This is completely fine. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that'd be right. <laughs> so it's, it was funny how supportive everybody was about the situation. Like they're like, man, this, we didn't expect you to go to that length. Like 
shit, like just talk to us next time. Wasn't that um, interesting, the expectations you put on yourself? You could have probably pulled that up three or four months earlier yeah, or a year totally. earlier and it would have been fine, but we built, you built yourself a lane and wrote it out. Completely. And that was and it was actually funny um, because that, that was my biggest realisation of just going, hang on, wait, you mean I can just have these conversations with people and they're not going to like kick me to the curb or like rub, rub you into the ground? And and you know me, like now I'm, I'm very transparent with everything that I, I do and I'm very open with sort of where I'm at and stuff because I've actually found that that is the best way to be because everyone's there not to kick people down. They're there to usually support people and, and hold them up. Um, so actually, Can, can I share one thing in that? Do you know what's interesting? I found when people are startups or in the earlier stage of business, they have they tend to feel more of a need to show you things are okay. Totally. When I talk with people that it's like I've been in business a long time or further on, it, it's very different. They're way more open and have less judgment around it. You know, you know it's funny. It's, it's going to sound so weird, but like I throw out sort of situations and challenges I'm being faced with, et cetera, now just to people. Like I might have met them recently or something to see how they respond because I'm like trying to evaluate. And I'm like, how do you respond to this? Throw it out there. And if they're like real supportive or offer some help, I'm like, now nah, you're the type of guy I'm talking about. <laughs> but if I throw it out there and they just kind of like go, oh, this guy's trying to throw problems at me or something and like turn the other way, I'm like, ah, oh, that's a bit interesting, isn't it? So it's the same with money as well. I noted this. Particularly, I find people that can't afford things feel a need to show me they can afford things. And I feel like there's some very wealthy people I know that almost it's the opposite. Yeah. They are more excited by showing me like how much of a tight ass they are. <laughs> <laughs> I bought this thing on sale. Like, like what? Yeah. One of, my, one of my neighbors is uh, worth an absolute ton, right? But you would swear he dresses like a homeless person. Like he doesn't feel the need to show his wealth at all because <laughs> he's very secure in his own position. And I'm sure there's examples both way, but it just is this very interesting thing where it's – anyway, we'll, we'll move on from that. I want to recap on your points here though quickly because I think there's interesting things people may be able to gain from it. So number one, admit there's a problem. So if your financial position is on a sliding scale, admitting there is a problem, I think the awareness piece has to be point one, which time and time again this comes up. Number two is assess the situation. So this is the where am I really at today through the lens of this is okay to go, well, this isn't okay, but I need to know where I am so I can work out resources I have available and time so I can get something together. Totally. Do not go it alone. So, And I suspect this has become part of the process for you in every one of these situations is like when I hit these types of financial hits, I'm not going to go it alone. I'm going to lean on other people earlier and – and be more transparent, which I think is really cool. Number four, create a plan. Number five, execute on the plan. And then number six is reassess regularly. Um, I want to ask another question that goes deeply into this because as we've referenced several times already, it's the confidence thing, the self-worth thing, right? It's like we we get into this zone of like a, like a rock bottom or feeling really low. When you've taken a financial hit, when did the confidence start? coming back because you've said before that it was like initially oh, feeling like a bit of a flaw, didn't have that belief in my business or myself. When did the turn start to come for you? Because it does turn. Ultimately, totally confidence does. does come back. Yeah. So it's an interesting question. The very first part that I think the turn started with was when I saw the amount of people that were like, dude, like we're in this with you, which was obviously Hazel at the time and then my business partners. And like that was like the immediate turn. It's like, oh, wait. Oh, okay, cool. I'm not going on it alone. And wait, and they were really good at supporting in this point of like, no, this is just a situation. This is not a you. This is a, you have thrown everything at this and you rightfully so. Um, like, this is fine. Like, it's just a short term lived. Um, and so that really helped. Like, just having that support network was a, the greatest pivotal moment on me actually getting back onto, onto track, which is brilliant. Yeah. Isn't it funny? We don't share things with people because we feel we're going to be excluded. So in the example here, you didn't want to tell your business your business partners. It's like, hey, I'm in a tough financial spot because the idea being they'll look at you and go, well, Grant's not good at what he does. He's in a tough fight. Correct. Let's, let's get rid of him. Like This guy can't look, like manage himself. Get him out of there. Ironically, though, when you share these things, it's like you took a financial hit. This is like my 10th, right? I've done this too. And, you, and it actually becomes inclusive. Totally. They were actually, hilarious. They, it's funny. They were actually a little frustrated that I didn't share the pain with them. 
Like, because that's like, what actually is exclusionary. <laughs> that's where this opposite things is. We try and hide our where we're not perfect. We try and hide it and pretend we're perfect, but it's no one's perfect. Totally. Being perfect is the thing that will actually have you be excluded. <laughs> yeah. And then, um, yeah, so like that, like having people was like step number one. Like that was, it was almost like, you know, the trapeze artists at circuses when they fall off and they've got their safety net and they just get caught in the safety net. They didn't do the trick. They didn't do the thing that they were wanting to do, Charlie, but they got caught by the safety net as opposed to crashing and burning. Uh, so that was the, the first one. And then the second one was actually people helping me execute the plan. That was like, that the second that I saw, like I'm like, cool, this is what I'm thinking about doing. And then my business partner at the time were like, don't do that. It will just work with us and we'll do some consulting and stuff together and we'll bring in some more revenue. And we actually went and raised some money for the company. And so then sharing the plan with other people, they actually made the plan part of their plan and executed it with you. Did you find you actually borrowed their confidence? Totally. Because they're like, oh, man. And I was the one doing the execution on it, but they were the ones sitting there going, yeah, this is the right thing. Yeah, go. Like, and but then they'll check in on me. And they're like, well, have you done the thing? Are you doing it, et cetera? Um, and so that was the second point that was awesome is having other people around you to execute them. And then the third part is obviously the, the, the thing that people most probably lean on, which is seeing cash come into the bank account. So literally it was like a 30-day, 60-day turnaround. Progress. <laughs> you have cash coming back in. And I'm like, oh, well, that's fucking easy. And so then it was the, the money was coming in and then I was investing back. And so then that's just the step one of the journey to get me back onto where I was going. And it was funny because I realigned all my goals to going, I'm going to build this big company and do all these things, which is a great macro goal, but I just had to shrink it down to what do I need and what do I, how do I, how am I going to get through this current little hurdle? And then once I was on the other side of that little hurdle, which is stop the bleeding and actually start fixing it. Then I was going, okay, well, what's my next goal? Which was a savings amount, which we hit pretty quick. And then I was like, what's the next one? And then we kind of built up to the bigger goals again. So it was like this big compression and then just micro sort of tweaks as we go. Completely. I, I really like that when you include other people in, you get to borrow their confidence and then that you get to lean on that in that time. I think it's essential after taking hits. Some really good examples of this as well in like um, like the weight loss industry. So let's say someone is uh, has that realization they're massively overweight, which I could tell you a hilarious story about um, maybe in this podcast because I had that. I was very overweight at one point in my life uh, and the similarities in the process are much the same. Point being is once you get a plan, so that might be from a personal trainer or the internet or whatever it is, but you're actually leaning on what someone else would say, said would work. It's not you trying to come up with it. It's someone else. But it's the progress. So when you lose the first kilo, like you don't have to lose all the weight to get your confidence back. You just need to be moving in the right direction again to get that build and momentum thing so you can get off that rock bottom. Totally. I concur. All right. You ready for mine? I'm I'm hanging. I feel like I'm out on the ledge by myself right now, Charlie. (laughs) Come on the ledge with me. (laughs) All my problems started out as a good idea, Grant. All of them. Every single one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> All right, so I'm about I'll, – I'll, I'll set the scene to paint it there. I'm probably about my second year in business at this point. So not quite two years deep, but in the second year we'll call it. So first year in business, lost money, flat out lost money, learned a lot of lessons. Second year I turned a bit of a corner though and started making money. I found my way to a point and not a huge amount of money but a little bit of money. Now an opportunity came up for me and I was making websites and doing SEO and running some ads at the time where apps were the new big wave. Right, do you remember when everyone wanted to have a mobile app? Did I sold them. <laughs> you got on the wave too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, so it got presented to me that it was a good idea to go, well, look, if you've been building websites for clients, go out there and put an offer in and see if anyone wants to get an app done. It's the latest craze and um, I will find a developer who can do them. And I'm like, oh, this sounds awesome. So I went to a client and said, hey, have you considered doing an app? They were in the fitness niche. Um, and they said, yes, like we would love to do an app. And the cost of the app was going to be a hundred grand. Now for me, I'm looking at this, I'd worked out the margins. It was going to mean that I was going to make about 50 grand a profit. Bam. It's going to cost yep. me 50 grand to build it, sell it for a hundred grand. I was like, my greed gland was going off like you would not believe. I love greed glands. And you, this, I even distinctly remember the self-talk I had going on in there about like making up for the previous year in business that didn't go as planned. You know, I'm envisioning 
I don't know why, but I wanted to buy Bianca a present for putting up with all the things that come with being a business owner. Like I was already fantasizing about the money and what I was going to do with it before I'd even received it. Yeah. You know, this is going to show Bianca that, you know, I'm a good business owner and I'm going to make it. You know, it was worth us doing all these things and all of it. Anyway, so I sold it, took a deposit, 50% deposit, by the way. So I actually got. 50 grand from this. And then I went to a developer that was going to build this app for me. So I'd been referred to this developer. Sounded like a really good play. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, so I start the process with that. And then the developer says to me, hey, if I'm happy to get this done, but you need to pay for it upfront. It's really expensive to build these things. If you want to give me the cash to do it, I'll do it. And this might be a little hint on where, what not to do, just to kind of tee this one up. <laughs> Oh, okay. Maybe don't send a developer all 50 grand in the beginning of a project when they haven't delivered anything. Maybe. Trustworthy Charlie kicks in. Oh. Anyway. So, you, so you've taken 50 grand from a client, which is a 50% deposit, and you've put that entire $50,000 to this developer who hasn't started anything yet. Yeah, and he's telling me these great stories around how he's, you know, he needs the money to do this and this is the like uh, stages and milestones and like he's got this great documentation of how we're going to approach it. We're having regular meetings every week, like I'm getting delivered wireframes and work was getting done, right? However, this is again probably step two. Uh, do you think I ever checked if he'd built an app before, seen like the portfolio or it, like used one of his apps? <laughs> oh, No. No, because I was referred to this guy. I didn't really check it. Oh, I'm already feeling your pain. I'm, I'm busy doing these other things. I'm like, you know, I'm like trusting this guy. I'd already done work with him on websites in the past. It gone well. Like there's a lot of things that tell me that this is going to be okay. There are signs. It's not complete blind faith, but a little bit. Anyway, we get maybe eight weeks, ten weeks into this and it becomes very apparent to me this app's not going to get done. This guy's got no idea how to build it. And to make matters worse, he's, he's just gone MIA, like he's done a runner. And to be clear, all he had to do to really do a runner was just block me on Skype. Like, what am I going to do? It's in another oh. country. So my 50 grand is gone. I have no app, no developer, no idea how to build one of these things. I then have to go back to the client and refund 50 grand because well, what else am I going to do? Like I can't deliver the app. They've left this 50 grand thing. So I had to personally take a 50 grand loss. So I've gone from the idea of making 50 grand of profit to losing 50 grand. This is a hundred grand swing. Totally. All right. And all the time I've lost, all the opportunity cost, everything that comes into it. So it's probably more than that if you really do the maths on what I've lost in this situation here. But further to that, that completely wiped out all profit I'd made in the business for that second year to this point. Totally, because it's $100,000 because you paid out fifty grand to this developer that did a runner and you paid out fifty grand to refund the client and all of your time over that two, three-month period. So you were down on whatever revenue you're going to make. Call it fifty grand as well just for perfect roundings. So you lost fifty grand on your time, fifty grand on the refund, fifty grand on the developer, $150,000 hit. I can imagine this is uh, mentally you were just going, fuck, I'm good at this game. It knocked the wind out of me. I won't even, I hate to admit this um, because this was a very, very challenging time for me. But um, something popped up for me that was really unusual as well was binge eating. So I started like mm. hammering ice cream, watching Breaking Bad on the couch. Like I went dark. Like I, I took the, it knocked the wind out of me. I had never been hit that hard financially before. And because what was worse, it was like I was I was profitable in business. Like I was kind of riding the momentum of like things were going to be okay. And it just crushed me. Totally. It just absolutely crushed me. So um, that's where I was kind of at on a personal front. And it was like really, really dark. And I, I kind of laid on a couch for a week. Now, things got so bad I was, I lost so much confidence. It beat the shit out of my self-worth and belief in myself that I actually started applying for jobs. So you'd wrap up the whole business and go on. I was done. I quit. Right. And like 
it was Bianca was very encouraging and like belief, and she's like, you know, this isn't over. We've still got some savings. Like we can we can get back up from this. But I'd lost so much belief in myself that I would say things like, "You don't understand how hard this is." Yeah. You don't know what you're talking about. We'll just lose more money. Had no faith in your ability. None. And absolutely none. Dark place. All right. So this is what um, got me up, right? This is the fascinating thing. So after a week of sitting on the couch and doing this, I was like, I'm going to go get a job. I started reaching out to other agencies and had gone, hey, look, I had a crack at running my own agency. I have decided I don't want to do that. I'm not the best business owner. I would love to get, come and get a job somewhere. And I go, I'll sweeten the deal. I've got some retainers here that are still coming in. I'll give you the retainers. You can take over managing them. By the way, if you ever want to get a job, very, very well. <laughs> it's like, I'm coming with five clients for you to take this over. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> yes, I, I won't name the agency because they may still be going, but I ended up getting a, a phone interview request with one of them. They're like, cool, let's have a call and see where you're at and if this is worth it, we'll come to be. And the thing that saved me is I had this interview with them and I realised after 30 minutes on the phone that these guys, terrible business owners. had no idea. I could not. There was something in me that lit up and I'm like, these guys are idiots. (laughs) (laughs) So so you're happy to – well, your belief in yourself was propped up by the realisation that the other people are idiots. Yeah, I – hands down, was much better at running ads than them. Wasn't even close. Yet here they were with this successful agency and I wasn't. But because I was technically so much stronger than them, I was like, if these two idiots can pull off a successful agency, I can. And that's what got me up. So from there, that was kind of the moment that shifted it. It was the outside perspective for me that really changes it. Yep. And then I was able to, you know, the story ends well here. It's like, you know, I, I get up from that, get back on the horse, make a financial recovery in a really big way um, across the year through seeking mentorship and help from other people on how to actually run an agency better. And then things go well. But that was the whole kind of story and saga of like that was the financial hit. Can I talk about the process I use? I was going to say, I was I was going to align it to see how well it aligned. Yeah, go. Walk me All through right. the process. So since then, like that was the first big one um, of the financial hits, but others came up along the way and I realised that you've got to have a method of getting up when you take a hit. So I'll take you through my process on this. So the first one for me, and this is very personal to me, is I need time to heal. Me trying to act when there is no belief in myself, when I'm in that smashing connoisseurs, cookies and cream, ice cream while watching Breaking Bad space. You know what I'm talking about. Is that, is, that the, is that the time to heal space? I can't look at a tub of connoisseurs cooking in cream without remembering it. That's, that's why we didn't get them on the weekend away. I, I, still, I can still eat it since. I'm not, <laughs> it's not like the alcohol you had a bad time with that you can't drink again. <laughs> Tequila. Yeah. Jim Beam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the, the point being is like it's, it's a, um, a memory. It's like when you hear a song that was a certain part of your life, you get a flashback. Yeah. So uh, I look at that and go, I will always reference that. I will always reference that in that way. And, dude, I took it to the extreme just so we know. It wasn't just the tub of cookies and cream. I am dumping blocks of Kit Kat in that. and <laughs> just crushed it up and just jammed Well, if it's cookies and cream, surely you want to add more cookies to it and things like that. And the wafers work really well. Cookies go soggy where you <laughs> like the wafer of the Kit Kat. <laughs> just send an email to connoisseur saying you need to put more cookies into cookies and cream ice cream. This is outrageous. And I was – I won't go there. Deep. But All right, so point time being to is, heal. yeah, I need a time to heal. So yeah. for me, when I take a financial hit, trying to act too early and get up too early, like when you've been through that type of thing, hasn't been advantageous because my mind isn't right. Yeah. If I am uh, in this hopeless stage and I can't see a future of of better, it's like I can't move through that. So then the after that, and I get through my own bullshit, and that is an internal game for me. No one can help me in that. I have to be willing to get over my own bullshit and like in future times when I have taken financial hits, it's very evident in that as well. So Mm -hmm. the internal game starts for me first, really does. The part where I know I'm ready is that I start, planning comes up for me naturally. 
So in this case, when I talk about the first one, it's like, all right, I'm going to get a job. Like I found, and so I'm ready to take some action is, is my next thing from here. Um, what comes after that is assessing the damage. So you're, I suppose, had a better frame around it. I really like the idea of you're looking where you're really at. I thought it was really great in your ways from here. But I'm more like I've been in a car crash. What needs to be fixed on this car? Yeah. Like I'm assessing the damage so I can start to form a plan. Next part of that, though, is uh, for planning, and this is where I think our processes kind of align really strongly here, I get people involved at the planning stage. I want other people to be involved in the plan and help me be accountable to that plan so we, I can borrow some of that confidence. All right, I want to get that confidence back. I, I'm, I'm going to be doubting myself at this point and I want to make sure that I can lean into clever people who have done the thing, right, key frame there, I want to lean into people that have been in situations like this and I want to model a plan that's been effective for them because I need that. I need to know that, hey, this has worked for someone else that can work for me. Totally. I don't want to um, like, you know, oh, this might work for you idea despite me having no idea how to do it type stuff. Here's my opinion. <laughs> yeah, see, I find for myself when I'm in that zone, right, I need, I'm looking for certainty mm. and the best form of certainty I can get is from this work from someone else. This isn't a guess. Has worked at that proven process, right? So it becomes a really important part. And then the next part of it is going tracking progress. So if I've got a plan, I've got to create something to track to measure that it is working so that I can get that momentum and self-belief back up. And then once I've conquered that, I love what you put in earlier and I do as well. I'll go back and actually assess bigger goals in my life. Because maybe I had a goal and let's just pretend, and I kind of did in the agency in this story and example, let's say my goal was to make 10 grand a month of profit at this point, right? When you've taken that financial hit, your belief and ability to do that, your, that goal dies. You know, like mm. I'm not a 10 grand a month business owner, I'm a, I'm a five grand a month business owner when I'm in that state where it's like after I've recovered from the financial hit, I can come back to that board and like reignite the 10 grand a month goal again so i had to be willing to like put down other bigger goals while i get out of this hole i'm in like that hole isn't a place to go you can be a billionaire you know it's not the time for the big dreaming stuff like the goal needs to change to get out of this hole recover from this hit and then come back to goal setting or come back to setting your north star or resetting your plan from there after you've dealt with whatever you dealt with from there like just park it to the side was very helpful for me the way that I think about that from a financial hit perspective is it's, a, it's almost like there's a line and it starts at like negative 10, middle is zero, and then the far end is 10. And so I'm like, when we're running as business owners, you're trying to go from like the six to the seven, like I'm making money and I just want to make a little bit more or do a little bit better of a thing in business. And so that, that's the next goal. Second, you take a serious financial hit. Dude, in my, the way I see it is I've gone from like this five, six to like a negative eight. <laughs> Jeez, so then, I'm like a negative 11. Yeah. yeah. And so then my objective is how do I go from like the negative 11 to just like a negative five and then to zero and then go from that zero to a one again and then to a two again. Now, what I've found is like I will actually do that process quicker than I did previously because I've already blazed that trail. Right, Completely. Like, the first time you go through it is the longest because it's uncharted territory where you you almost like to this point now it's like, I think I lost some money in the last week and even right now I'm sitting here trying to remember what it was. It's like the, the hits aren't the same. You're just like, eh, all right, move on. There was the stories. Like, I lost a heap of money in crypto. I'm like, ah, oh, but it's not doesn't tell the same story. Like I didn't feel the same pain. I didn't it didn't take me as long to get back on the horse. Like I, it was like I never fell off the horse. And so those financial hits are really, in my mind, just relevant of going, Well, where are you on that scale? Right. And then how fast can you get back? And it's not a pressure thing. It could take you five years, right? Like just how quick can you get back on it? I kind of say it is a pressure thing. You don't want to stay down for five years. No, you don't. And some people do. Um, you want to find uh, tools and strategies to get back on the horse. Like you really do. You've got to be able to get back up to uh, back up after taking these hits. You really do. Um, I, can just, I can imagine you taking a financial hit now, going to the freezer, grabbing a connoisseur, Kit Kat, Bianca's like everything all good. And you're like, just need time to heal, crush it, eat it in the, eat it in the garage. 30 minutes later, like, all right, let's go. <laughs> And it's like this real quick. <laughs> it's like the, you know, the emergency break glass connoisseur. It's like. <laughs> there are some dangers with me with food. It's funny how many things in my life food are a signal for. Yeah. 
like um, interesting behaviors like sugar cravings or overeating could be symptoms of stress for me. Like I use like food comes up often in like behavioral stuff for me. I've got an awareness of now. Um, Well, like you would have seen this, you knew me at a very stressful time in my life and like how slim and skinny do I get? Oh, man. To the point of jealousy. I'm like, dude, that's. (laughs) I have cracked the code on weight loss though. It's like if you just stress me out in business, I can eat anything I want and I'll lose weight. Like it's just, it's insane. Totally, but, um, and then I'm just going to bottle it, and then that's my hack to losing weight. So, the, so you had six points here <laughs> before I get off track. So, the very first one, if you want me to rerun, see, let's see if I got it right. Can I, can I put in one more, and then you'll have them all? Oh, you want a seventh one? All right, go, go, go. All right, so mindset comes into this in a huge way, and having um, things to come back to. So, when I get hit by challenge in general, but particularly financial um, hits, these are the two things I say to myself a lot. Everything is on the way, not in the way. I think it's really important to go from that frame uh, for me. And then the second one is challenges are what builds me into the person I need to be to achieve my goals. And if I use those two frames of like, all right, everything, you know, I've taken this hit, but everything's on the way, not in the way. Do you know what? Somehow this challenge serves me. It's actually building me into the person that can do that thing. Completely. And then it's like I find that that is something that really helps get me out of the hole as well, is just having a few things like that to go towards. I actually really like those quotes because that mindset thing sits across the entire process, right? Because if you've got that anchoring point around like uh, everything is on the way, not in the way, and the other concept around like challenges are what builds me to the person I need to be to achieve the goals. And yes, I did write them down really quickly just to make sure I got them on perfect. I stealed them from my notes, but that's fine. <laughs> I didn't realize you put them nice in there. <laughs> Actually, do you know um, what I didn't? I have my Apple notes up here because I was like, <laughs> I didn't put any of this shit in the prep doc. I'm like, I'm sitting here typing some stuff out to make sure I can replay this back for you. I think that that is such a, a killer point because I would argue if you had that mindset throughout everything, at the point where you have some kind of financial hit, your interpretation of that financial hit is perceived in a completely different manner, right? It's almost like your time to heal will be lesser when you're like, okay, this is just a challenge. I just need to get through this as opposed to what was me, this is the end of the world, this is all the things, right? Because that, as long as you can keep that mindset at some point throughout, you're going to be getting back on the horse pretty quick. All right. So in wake of that, I had the same realization many years ago which is why I've extensively spent so much money on training my mind. Yep. Um, again, this I'm not saying this is a path for everyone, but I've spent several hundred thousands of dollars on personal development, mindset training, mentors to develop those skills and have people to lean on in this thing. I think it's the difference overall. So the superpower in this is, and I'm sure you've met people like this, have you ever met someone that's taken a hit and they don't get up? Oh, yes. And yeah. Uh, and it's almost like becomes their life duty to tell everybody that that thing doesn't work. It's like they take a hit in business and they're like, the rest of the next 50 years of my life, Charlie, I will convert every business owner to realize their business will never give them what they want. Victim <laughs> mentality is totally. real. And it's the person and their mindset that creates that. Yep. So uh, I just think it's so, uh, it's so important. And I want to throw in one point that I kind of uh, missed as well is like, I definitely take time when I'm assessing the situation to really understand what went wrong to make sure that I'm aware of what caused this so I don't do it again. Yeah. Right. So in the case of this one here is like, well, I blindly gave faith to a developer. I left a huge amount of risk and exposure. I didn't do due diligence properly. So I want to take those things from it so I can sit there and say, this did make me stronger. Mm. It did make me stronger, which can be huge. It's funny because first few mistakes that I made, uh, it was like I didn't want to relive the pain, so I didn't reflect (laughs) It was just like, I just know what I need to do. I can understand that though. It's like continue barreling forwards. I can completely understand that. I, at time, this is one of those things where it's like we don't want to believe the problem is there, but you've got to lean into it to be able to, you know, get the fruit from it. Completely. So essentially it's the mindset overarches everything. Then time to heal, take the connoisseur out of the freezer, like actually let the body absorb the ramifications of what has happened. Be ready to take action, which I actually thought was a really interesting one because that is unto itself can actually take quite a period of time, is actually being ready to do something about it. Like you you are where you are, accept that and have that time to heal and then be ready. Assess the damage. So look at the situation that's at hand. And I, your concept about bringing other people in 
and getting them involved around building the plan and creating the plan who have actually done the thing you're trying to do or have also been through it, right? Like a lot of people who were once alcoholics, they bring other people like that in to talk to current alcoholics so they can go, this is what I faced. I understand the problem that you're going through. Completely. Using that as an example, if I was an alcoholic and I was trying to get through that, I would want to get a plan from someone who was an alcoholic and got through that or someone who has a track record of working with alcoholics and getting get, them through that. Yeah. You've just got to get a plan from ra- some random person. Totally. Um, and I think this is where I like this on top of sort of what I was talking about. I was fortunate enough where wife is super supportive and she knows enough about business, but then I pulled in the business partners who have also built good businesses, et cetera. Having, having reassessed and looked back at it now, it would have also been valuable to go, okay, well, where's the person who's already done this or faced this or raised the money or done whatever? It could have been a really good point on top of it. Um, number five is then track progress, measure that it's working or even figuring out what to measure and actually see like the feedback loop and create it. Uh, reassess for bigger goals as you're progressing and achieving the smaller ones. And then I, as we'll talk about the overall mindset um, with those two awesome quotes. That's impressive, John. I'm glad you think so. I'm actually dude, that story was on point. Uh, I feel like we've done it. I, I feel like we've we've hit the nail on the head. Let's wrap it up then. Done, dear. Awesome. If you're listening to this and you've actually, and you know what, I'm going to mellow the mood slightly, Charlie. I'm going to say, like, if you personally listening to this and you have taken a financial hit or something like that, like, honestly, just reach out, hit reply to one of the newsletters or just email charlie at businessandinvesting.com. And I just share it. Like, we've done it. We've been through it. I said at the start, I've had five serious ones. Like, trust me, you're not going it alone. Like, uh, we've seen it. We're, we're there. So, if that is you, just reach out, send Charlie an email. Uh, and if you don't know how to get on the list, head over to businessandinvesting.com forward slash newsletter. Put in your name and email. We'll send you an email. Could I, um, could I finish this on a funny note? Of course you can. All right. So, I'll leave some little nuggets here on other, like, financial hits I've taken. Are you ready? What's a tariff? <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that one there. But I'll, let's just say the day I learned what a tariff is, very expensive. All right, here we go. Uh, what do you mean the guy that I found on Google when I send him a ping on Google chat is taken by $5,000 and doesn't respond? What do you mean? <clears throat> oh, did he have a website? No. Did you know anything about him? No. Has he seen some samples? No. <laughs> Hey, hey, Grant, why does it, like, my p and is showing that I've got all this, like, profit. Why is there no money in my bank account? Anyway, I got a bit of water. Hey, Grandma's boyfriend, can I borrow 40 grand? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, well, uh, I got more. Oh, wait, are we really from. finishing an episode on you robbing the elderly? <laughs> Anyway, wait, that was a great, right he got he got interest and he got paid back in three months. It was fantastic, but there's an awesome story to it. Anyway, we're going to wrap this one up. Thank you for joining us and we'll catch you on the next episode of Business and Investing. <laughs>